Podcasting One. It is so great to meet with you gentlemen and be here in uh, such special occasions. Uh, it, it's just actually been a little bit beyond my expectations. The spirit, not, not so much the crowd, but the spirit of it has just really been phenomenal. And uh, we're not going to delay getting our speaker on the floor. He was raised in this assembly. He developed a passion in this assembly. The church family birthed things in him. And uh, there's just no way to go back and fill in all the blanks but how God has <clears throat> taken this gentleman to levels of uh, spiritual expertise. It's pretty encouraging to be his dad-in-law. And then, of course, to pastor a church where people like him have grown up and uh, have become such celebrated lights in a dark. So I'd like for us to stand and pray as Brother Craig Adams comes to the podium to help uh, each of these events have been so personally wonderful. Father, we thank you tonight. We are grateful for your mercy. We are grateful for Brother Craig. We are grateful for the ability to challenge the powers of hell and darkness. We come tonight to arm ourselves spiritually, mentally, and together combine our efforts of faith. In the name of Jesus. I would like for us while we stand in to pray for the people that are sick and going through very difficult times. Some people from our church are going through some very stressful times. And so I'd like for us to pray for that in a spirit of victory. Brother Adams, thank you, and God bless you as you're seated. Thank you, Brother Meyer. And I got rid of the tie. I thought that was adequate, and when I looked around, I thought it probably would be on tonight, but did not want to uh, overstep that. But I was very comfortable joining you. I'm so thankful to be here, and yes, this church, uh, this church family has invested so much into my life and will not take the time to even go there, but I'm thankful for my heritage. I hope my desire today or this evening is that the seeds that I have received from childhood through adulthood, that somehow I will allow God to place fruit back into the fields that I have taken from. And I believe that God's able to do that. And I want to thank you for being here tonight. I want to minister to us men <clears throat> because we are so important. Men are important. 
in a society that wants to push men aside, it is important that men keep their godly roles. Because if we are going to fulfill our purpose, we've got to stay in position. Can't get out of position. If you're playing second base, you better not be in shortstop's position. Because if a ball's hit where you're supposed to be, Brother Billy, you're going to miss it, aren't you? And so we as children of God must be in position because God still has, will have, and always will have a victorious church. And we as men are placed in that kingdom row to fulfill our purpose. And we, we learn a lot. <clears throat> we learn so much. But it isn't what I learn or it isn't what you learn that's most important. It's what we put into action. I can learn a lot, but if I don't implement it, then I haven't brought forth fruit. And the Bible tells us that we are to be fruitful. And we are to give fruit for the world to pick. It's not fun to be picked on. You know, it's a lot more fun to pick on. But the process, while we're picking on somebody, we're picking on something, God's got it designed. Somebody else is picking on us. And when they pick on you, it's important that you've got something that qualifies for the fruit of the Spirit to get picked. Or else your representation as a man of God, as a Christian, is then tainted because they're getting rotten fruit. And I don't know about you, but I've I bit in some rotten fruit. Now, Paul Humphrey, which was one of the founders of this church many years ago, which was my, grand, my grandfather, when we would be eating peaches and you'd buy it and you'd see part of a worm, he'd just tell you, don't worry about it, it's peach too. You know, I, I just never could swallow that very well. <laughs> I wanted to get rid of that worm. And so it's important that we, as we are picked on, I prefer not to be rotten, nor when somebody bites into that fruit, they find a worm of anger or mistrust or, or whatever it would be. So... It's important, but it's what we learn, but more important, the action we live. And it's our action in church. It's a lot, action in church is important, but action in church and community is equally important. Because what, the way I act in church should be the way I act in the community, on my job or my neighborhood, etc., but then, in, squeezed in between that, sometimes people and men, we get our action good at church. We get our action good on the job. 
But then there's a third source that's very important, and that's our action to our family. So the church should see the person the community sees. The community should see the person the church sees should be a reflection. And the family should see the consistency of the man that they saw at church and the man they hear about on the job or the man they hear about in different places and they all should blend together and mirror the Word of God. And when we get that, then we're going somewhere. And it is a process. How many of you have found this thing called flesh, this thing called life? It's a process. And it's important that you learn and that you know it's a process. That way, when you stumble, when you don't do good, as Paul said, when I would to do good, I don't. You know, it's a struggle when I know what. It's a struggle. But when the struggle comes, it's important to know the one that makes up the difference. And he does not condemn you. He picks you up and renews you. Aren't you glad for the renewing of the Spirit of the Lord? I want to talk tonight about the importance of we men to lead. It's important that we lead. Everyone just say lead. Now say I'm a leader. Because we are. I'm going to break the word lead down and to an acronym. And we'll lead in our family, we'll lead in the church, and we'll lead in our community. It's important when we talk about it, we understand that pretty much covers everything that we are. And you don't wake up a Christian on Sunday and not on Wednesday or Thursday. It's, it's an everyday thing. And so we'll cover L. And when that stand, we're going to use love for the letter L of lead. We're going to use for E, excellent. And A, assurance. And D, demonstration. So we're going to talk about love, excellence, assurance, and demonstration. And we're going to pull that out of lead. And we're going to go somewhere. Imagine a 2,000-pound horse, 1,500-pound horse, leading. If he is leading correctly, he can provide transportation. He can be used for a tool to pull wagons, logs, plows. He can lead you as a vehicle into war and bring victory. Horses lead the way to healing. Nowadays, hospitals, they use horses for healing. Take children who are having difficult emotional things. Teach them through the horse and help. They bring comfort. They're great tools. But if out of control, you can severely injure yourself or someone else. And if taken the wrong direction, you're just going to go a long ways. I had a horse I was breaking once, training her and it was about the second time of our journey across freely across the pasture, and she decided to lead. 
She bit down on that bit, and she took off. She took me under boat art trees. She took me under all kinds. I was turning on her side. You would have thought I was an Indian. I was riding on the side. I was laying flat on her back trying to get under that limb. It was a powerful leading experience that she was in control of. Horses that are leading of their size, they can create fear and anxiety. So it's important how lead, how leading takes place. It's important how we lead, but we are going to lead. Let that soak in. Because I said, I said it's important how we lead because we are going to lead. It's like that little filly, she was leading. I wasn't. And she was going her own way. Horses, you can take them with the bridle and the bit, and you can take them with the hackamore without the bit, and you can train them, and they will go and they will do what needs to happen. But also, you can also take a good horse and train them with the pressing of your legs, moving of the hand on their shoulder, not have a bridle on them, not have a saddle on them, and you can go wherever you want to. I hope today, this evening, to move us farther into the sensitivity of the Holy Ghost, that we can sort of be like that last, be so sensitive to God's Spirit that we will feel the fine whisper, the nudging, just the pressing against us in a certain direction that would help us lead more efficiently and more effectively. One cannot lead properly without the foundation of love. Lead, first letter, love. Without love, you can't lead. You can drive in a direction. You can drive people. You can drive family. You can drive, but you can't lead. And it's important that we learn to lead like Jesus loved because he was always saying, follow me. That's the way he led. Matthew, excuse me, let me back up to John, the 15th chapter and the 12th verse. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. No one has greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Matthew 22 and 37 says, Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And we could spend much time there. But it's love. Our life has to be based on love. And it begins with our alignment with Christ. Our love for Him. His purpose. 
And if we get that right, then we can love one another. And with a Christ-like love, a love that is unconditional, a love that you would lay down your life. And so let us, let us get God's love in us. Let us pray. God, help me to love. One of my prayers since I first came to the Lord, and I needed a lot of it, and I still need a lot of it, but the same prayer. But I have prayed all these years, God, help me to love like you love and love the things that you love. That is my desire. And I know if I can somehow keep that foundation right, I can build on it. And when things shatter above the foundation, I can, they, they can be put back together. And that's so important. E, excellent. Titus 2 and 7 said, In all things, having shown yourself a pattern, not an occasional, not some days, not once in a while, but a pattern, a pattern. Our pastor taught me when you're cutting boards and you need 10 of the same boards, you put a P on that first one and you use it as a pattern. Because if you don't, it'll get off. And off more and more the farther you go. It's important that we keep the pattern of his word, the pattern of his truth that we constantly go back to measure from. We don't measure to how things are in 2022. We measure to the word of God. And then we can always... but I, So... We are pattern in all things, having shown yourself a pattern of good works in the doctrine, purity, sensibleness, without corruption, in sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he who is opposed may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Excellence. Make your life a pattern. If you're going to lead, and we're all going to lead, just where are we going to lead to and how are we going to lead? Love, and then do all things with excellence. And that's biblical. And Colossians 3 and 23, whatsoever, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Everything you do, do you know, heartily do it, ready to do it right and ready to do it well, knowing that from the Lord you shall receive your reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And so on, on our job, with our neighborhood, with our family, with do everything as you're doing it, not, you know, doing to others as they do, have doing to you or do unto others first before they do it unto you. <laughs> no, don't do it that way. Do everything to others as you're doing it unto the Lord. That's good leadership. 
That's the kind of lead. I mean, you, do, you know, it's easier to do that in church, but sometimes on the job it becomes a little more of a struggle. And then by the time you get home to the family, you're, you've let out. <laughs> There's no more gas. But there is more gas. Because when you're doing it unto the Lord, it never runs out of fuel. And so Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Good lead men, foundation of love, and then everything you do, do it with excellence. I bring to you the help that we as men need to make room in our society, and God will make room for us when we do things in alignment with Him. And you foundation of love, and then pursue excellence. Don't settle for second best. It doesn't matter what the mark is out there for being a father. It doesn't matter what the mark is for just being a man of God or a Christian. No. Don't settle with the mark somebody else put. Settle with the mark of the most high calling. A love, excellence, and the third letter, A, this use assurance. Because if there's something that men sometimes struggle with and even people is assurance. You need the assurance in your life. It's good to have the assurance of a co-worker, a friend, but there's nothing that will bring the peace that pass all understanding. It's like the assurance from God's Spirit. We need the assurance. I don't need somebody else's assurance. Somebody, you know, they may be somebody, but that's not the assurance that brings wholesomeness, wholeness. The assurance that brings wholeness to us is when we know we've got God's assurance. An assurance, the definition of positive declaration intended to give confidence, a promise. Being a good lead man has promises from God. Assurance, it builds confidence and certainty in our ability. Our young men need to have older men placing assurance in their life. They need a lead man ahead of them. Helping to show them love. Show them excellence. When so many of the teachings of today, they have no right or wrong in them. And average is acceptable. But let us as strong men of God stand for excellence. And then have the assurance. Hebrews 6 and 10 says, For God is not unrighteous, to forget your work and labor of love. Did we mention assurance? It was tagged to promise, right? Had a promise in it. 
living for God's full of promises. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same eagerness. The writer was saying, each of you show the same eagerness that we have shown to the full assurance of hope to the end. The end's going to come, but it's really just a beginning. And that hope of a beginning after the end is so important. That you be not slothful, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Living for the Lord is full of promises. And there are a lot of physical promises... But oh, the soundness of mind. In the hour where hearts are aching, hearts are breaking, and hearts are giving out, where minds are being bombarded by anxiety and, and depression, oh, but there's a promise that I'm serving a God that has a peace that path all understanding. But I must have that foundation. And I must do things with excellence because that begins to stack up. And then I can have the assurance. When I'm doing this, my God. Somehow, the unexplainable and the undeniable are going to come to pass. I can trust God's word. Colossians 2 and 2, that their hearts might be comforted knit together in love and to all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the full knowledge of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I can be confident if I will love the things that you love, Lord. Help me to hate the things that you hate, but love the things that you love and love like you love. That foundation. And do things with excellence. And have the assurance. When I do that, I can just back up. And just know. Can I tell you today, you can just know, man. The world has an idea. They have a plan. And they want to push men, godly men aside. But oh, if we can be firmer in our roots of the Word of God and the foundation. You may be leaned hard upon But let me tell you, somebody has to be a pillar. Somebody has to be a pillar. Because no building stands without a pillar. And your family, they need you to be a pillar. God has chosen you and blessed people that don't even respect you in some cases. They don't even appreciate you. But God's placed you there to bless their business their world, because He's got a blessing for you. They don't always 
understand it, but you can have the full assurance. It doesn't matter what seems to be coming my way. My God is in control. He's my financer. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's the one that when the end comes, I'm going to get out of here and go, to, go be with him for eternity. You've got that full assurance, and it is important that God's men don't live in doubt and unbelief, but you have the assurance. You can hold true to the things of God, not just in church, but on Monday or Friday. You can still hold true in the community. When you're wore out and you come into the family, they can see the same man that was praising the Lord and being kind and smiling at church. It comes everywhere. The last lead, we talked about love for L. We talked about excellence for E. Assurance, all three ultimate importance. But the fourth letter, D, I want to use demonstration. Example. As I said in the beginning, it's not what I know, but the action I do with what I know. I can learn the scriptures, ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Meaning, I can learn all this stuff, but never see the power, never see the ultimate overcoming uh, source of the strength. And so demonstration is so important because when you act, God demonstrates. It's going to happen. You can have assurance in it. It's going to happen. It's not doubtful. You may not understand the terms because you may not be in the right place one day. And it seems like, man, this isn't happening. I had assurance, but now God's moving me out of this job. I've just, I've got to do this. But God says, that's not where you need to be. It's been good till now. But I need to move you. And it's like he made a chess move in your life to get you. Because sometimes I don't have all the... Courage. I don't have all of the knowing of the future to make some decisions. But if I've got God where he needs to be, he'll get me where I need to be. And we can trust that. In an hour that there are so many uncertainties, you can trust God as you lead in Christ. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And that is each one of us as ministers, as ambassadors of Christ. We are all witnesses. We are all ambassadors of Christ. And at church, there should be a... How many of you like a demonstration of the Spirit of church? We like to have a service when God moves. But can I tell you, there also should be a demonstration in the community. 
Now, it doesn't look all the same. I mean, you know, there might be a circumstance where you break into a, a shout and a hallelujah good time in a restaurant. But most of the time, it will be in a different manner. But you can feel as it is a well-trained horse. And just a little nudge of the spirit against her neck, her shoulder, and she just turns where you want her to go. If you've ever reined a hard mouth horse, you know it's not fun to ride, is it, Brother Ronnie? But, oh, when you've got one that you don't even have to use the reins, just a little nudge on the leg, a voice to it, that, and it just stops. Can I tell you, God's desire for each one of us is for us to move into a realm of the Spirit that in the community, you see a neighbor out, maybe you've been driving by, but today there's a nudge in the Spirit that says, i got to stop. And then you find out, maybe after a stop, why? Maybe you find out you, they were, but it's a Spirit. The demonstration. Do we begin, First, Second Corinthians 2 and 1, 3 and 1 says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, like some epistles or of com- commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men, It having been made plain that you are the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, not having been written with ink, but in the spirit of the living God. Not tablets of stone, but in fleshly tablets of the heart. Demonstration. God gave you his spirit for a demonstration. A demonstration at church, a demonstration on the job, and a demonstration in our family. That demonstration may come forth with a word of wisdom. Isn't it great to know that when you've got the Spirit of the Lord in you, you have the same Spirit that took nothing and spoke this world into existence. You've got the same spirit in you that God picked up some dirt and created the likes of us and then breathed life into it. That spirit of the Lord that we have freely with us to lead what what a privilege it is that we can walk in the Spirit. But we must love. We must do all things with excellence. Your co-worker, your neighbor ought to be begging. My neighborhood, they'd like to have 20 of me in it. That's a little bit cocky. Hey, I'm a child of God. I believe it. The people I work with, the people, man, they're privileged. 
Because I've got a desire. I'm going to love him with everything within me. I'm doing everything I can do with excellence. I have the assurance of the word of God. Hey, I'm trying to be good. But I know if I'll be quickened to the movement of the spirit when I'm not good, all I've got to do is whisper to him and I'm freshly washed again. I've got favor from God. And I'm trying to live and demonstrate it daily. Men, lead. We need to lead. Amen. As we lead with zeal, purpose, direction, and enthusiasm. You ought to be excited that God woke you up. But my knee hurts. My back hurts. Well, you still ought to be excited. You could feel the pain. I have a client. She had to learn without any fe- to walk without any feeling. She's a miracle. But she walks and she can't feel anything. Her legs or feet. She would love to feel pain. We can always, hey, you, whatever it is that we have, we ought to wake up with the enthusiasm and the zeal that, God, you're going to give me victory again today. I'm going to overcome that situation. We can find in 1 Samuel 17th chapter, the 56th verse, story about David that probably most, if not everyone's familiar with. David and Goliath. David went down and he, on the way down to the journey, as Goliath was standing down by the other side of the brook, the river, and he was insulting the children of God. And David had such an assurance of what God was to him that when he heard somebody insulting, criticizing, Calling names, his God, he had assurance in him. I'm not going to put up with this. And he decided that he would go demonstrate the power of which God he served. So he gathered the stones and he headed down. And the story tells us that he took those stones and one of them he put in there and he slung that stone and He hit Goliath in the forehead, knocked him out, took his sword, and cut his head off. There's some gory stories out there. Some people won't even read the Bible because it's so gory. Can you imagine? We find David here in the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel in the 56th verse. Saul had told Abner... He said, go find who, who is the dad of this young Philistine. I mean, of, of this, who is the dad, dad of this young man that killed this uncircumcised, this giant? This, who, who is he? And Abner said, for my life. He said, as your soul lives. I mean, he knew when he speaks to the king, you don't have answers. You better speak carefully. And he said, I don't know. In verse 56, the king said, go and ask whose son this young man is. David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner. He took him and brought him before Saul. And here comes David 
with the head of king uh, of the Goliath. I mean, it was a fresh kill, dude. I mean, there's blood dripping. Can you really picture the picture here? Can you visualize this picture? Here's David. He's got the head of a giant. And he's, you know, not a big guy, it doesn't seem like. And he's got this head of this giant, and it's just dripping in blood. Had to be because it had been killed. And some of you deer hunters, and you know how bloody those settings are immediately. Here he is, and he's coming in before Saul. And Saul said unto them, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I'm the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. But that wasn't the answer of where his real source came from. He had already said where his source came from. He told Goliath, I've killed a bear, i killed a lion, and I'll kill you. And he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I'm, preaching, I'm speaking to men tonight. And whose son are you? I'm not talking about your biological father. I'm talking about the one that bought you with his blood. Who gave you his name. And if you bend down in that beautiful watery grave in the name of Jesus, he gave you your, your name. And then if you've allowed him to, he's filled your, you with the Spirit, with the evidence and speaking in tongues. And that Holy Spirit fulfilled his word, and you are born again, child of God. And your heavenly Father is now our Lord and Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the bright morning star. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. There was none before Him, and there'll be none after Him. He is Jesus Christ, robed in the flesh, come from heaven to this earth. And He died for you and I, and then you got under His inheritance, and you have the inheritance of Jesus Christ, and the power and the blessings of God, and his word and it's time you and I lead like we have been called to lead we lead first with the foundation of love and we live our life with excellence and then we have the assurance of who we are who are you David whose son are you who are you sir who are you brother Jimmy who are you brother Garen oh I'm a child of the king the most high God what do I have to worry who there's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost with God's men on this earth that we have not began to tap in and let loose. But I hear this evening, I hope somehow to renew maybe or to give you a fresh or even a possibly new vision for the purpose of your creation and understanding. God has called you to lead. Lead in this church like you've never led before. Worship with excellence. Praise Him and live your life before Him with all excellence. And know who you are. When you walk in here, and you've had, all you've got to do is have had a little talk with Jesus. I think there's still a prayer room over there. If you come to church and you ever need to make a pass through the prayer room and have a little talk with Jesus before you get in here, but by the time you walk through those doors, have the assurance, I am the child of the King. No matter what's coming my way, there is victory and there is promise. I have nothing to lose and I have everything to gain. 
And then when you take it to the community, just take it like you did in here. And then when you get home, and there just isn't anything left, have a little talk with Jesus and give them more of the same. And the promises that God's got for us is unlimited. Immeasurable. Your life is blessed, and I'm glad to be called your brother. Let's stand and Before I turn back to pastor, let's just thank the Lord for calling us, for choosing us. And you got that same spirit. And when you get leaned on, you don't have just some kind of lightweight corner post you've got the pillar of all pillars the cornerstone of heaven to lean against and God will not move and he'll give you everything God bless these men thank you for the opportunity to speak here and I pray your blessings upon them help us truly Lord to to love the things that you love and love as you love God, let us walk with the excellence of your calling. Let us walk with the excellence, Lord, of you in our lives. And all the things we do, let us do it with excellence, Lord. Let us also have the assurance, Lord. God, then be immovable, Lord. Know, Lord, that you are our Heavenly Father. And, Lord, when the enemy, when, a, when our boss when our co- when they say where did this kind of knowledge come from where did this who is what's your education what's your purpose what's your oh it's just jesus he is the author and finisher of my faith that's where my wisdom my understanding that's where this fresh knowledge came from and lord i pray your blessings upon each one in jesus name in jesus name amen God had, he had Adam, as he marched those animals before him, he said, name them. Adam came up with all the names. As your situations come, name it in victory and let God help you to lead in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Well, what a, what a great evening, and don't you like that acronym? And to think that some of your mothers and dads helped to raise this man. Some of your family helped to tutor him in Sunday school. And what a, what a rich heritage this church experiences because of things like that. Does anybody have any questions? you'd like to ask or maybe a thought you'd like to uh, highlight. And uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Brother Adams, for being here. And what a, I just like that acronym. God bless you. Let's have a great end of the week and let's continue to lead.